Charisma Quotient. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer, a dating and makeover expert, where I will help you build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. Dating after 40 is like no other dating that's out there, right? I mean, if you think about it, this is really the first time in history where there has so many people that are single after 40. And not only that, think about women. You know, back in the day, not as many women were working and juggling all these things that we're doing today. So it's no wonder we're all floundering and stressed out and and wondering how to navigate these murky waters because dating after 40 can be really, really challenging with all of these things going on. But at the same time, it's actually pretty exciting. And I know there's probably some of you that are rolling your eyes saying, how can this be exciting? Well, I will explain. You know, think of it almost like a metaphor of a fisherman and a pond. And I talk about this a lot. So when you're in your 20s and you're younger, you are this kind of inexperienced fisherman, right? You throw in the pole and you see a bunch of fish and the fish are all, you know, kind of healthy, but they vary in color. And because you're inexperienced, you throw in your pole hoping to catch a, a good fish and you think that fish is good and you end up with that one. Well, fast forward, when you're single later on in life, the fisherman becomes a lot more experienced, right? (laughs) And here's the problem though. You look in the pond and the pond looks vastly different. I mean, the fish may vary in color, but one has three eyes, another has a gill missing. (laughs) It's like, you know, life happens. But because you're a more experienced fisherman, you know how to fish and you take your time until you find the right one for you. And this is my point. This is an opportunity actually to reinvent yourself. It's a rebirth. It's a chance to have a different kind of relationship. And it's not to discount the ones that you had prior to this. Because there were a lot of gifts that you got. Even the bad relationships, and I say this all the time, are good ones in ways that we gained experience. We learned what makes us tick. We learned what we like and what we don't like. So now, now that you're single again, you have a chance to find something different that works for you now. I have countless stories of clients who have found love after 40. And one client in particular I'm thinking about, I just want to share with you. She was 68 years old. I worked with her a while back. And when she first came to me, she was very disheartened. Um, You know, she had been married to pretty much an unhealthy kind of guy. And she weathered the storm for a long time. And finally, when she got out being single, Every time she would date somebody, she seemed to find that same guy. Maybe he had a different mask on or a different costume on, but underneath he was the same guy. And lo and behold, he wasn't, you know, they were all narcissists. And she was sick of it. And she was thinking, is that 
all that's out there. And she practically almost gave up until I had talked with her. Well, when we first started, we started with the phone coaching and I realized that there were a lot more things going on with her than just attracting, you know, a bad pattern of men. Um, she had been giving her power away in many, many ways. She also had this sense and need for control. So, you know, the way she was dating was very target specific. She definitely was what I call my list lady. And she had all these requirements of guys. And so, of course, like no guy was going to be good enough anyway. And it was a, a sense for her, a protection mechanism so that she wouldn't keep getting hurt. So after working together, I also uh, flew out to work with her in person. And I also saw that she lacked sex appeal. She actually dimmed her light. She turned it off because she was in there. The sexy girl was in there. But she thought she was too old. And she didn't think it was appropriate. And the way she was wearing her clothes was pretty dowdy. It was, I think, stuck in 1990s. And when I looked at her closet, I definitely saw things that I reminisced about the fashion back in the 90s. And we were laughing and getting rid of some of that. And we purged and then we splurged and we made room for new energy, new clothes. And from that moment on, and this is why my philosophy of working from the outside in is so important. It just clicked with her. When she saw herself in these new sexy clothes, we took a bunch of beautiful pictures that she could put online. She had a different energy and a different attitude. And so she started dating and she became more open, more flirty. She realized it wasn't too late for her because Boy, after she put up her new pictures, she saw a whole new set of guys chime in. And then I put her on a Tinder regiment, which I know some of you might be laughing. But yes, I said to her, look, you need to try all kinds of different ways of meeting people. And Tinder back in the day, now this was a couple of years ago, it was a little bit different. It, a lot of people were getting in relationships using that app. And it was a way that you use it. So I educated her and what to detect and what to look for, you know, in a, in a healthy situation and partnership. Well, lo and behold, I'm happy to report that she landed a great guy. Yes. On Tinder. And she was so happy and she broke the narcissist code. She, this guy was, was fantastic. He was a giver. Um, there was much more reciprocity in her relationship. And it was the first time in her life at 68 years old that she experienced a balanced, loving relationship. So yes, you are dateable after 40. And in fact, it can be even better. Because here's the thing, you deserve to find love again. You're a different person. And if you look at it, as I said before, as a chance for a rebirth, a chance to attract something different in this part of your life, then it can be fun and invigorating. Now, I know what a lot of you are thinking. You're probably listening to this and saying, oh, maybe that worked for somebody else. But I've been out there and I've seen it all. And there are just no good men out there. And all the men are, or, and all the women, if you're a man, are crazy and everyone cheats and there's so much baggage. And you know what? I'd rather be alone than have a horrible relationship. And quite honestly, 
I'm too busy. Does this sound familiar? But look, here's the truth. We all deserve love. And all these things that I just said can happen at any age, even in your 20s. So if you're in your 20s, that's probably not even an uncommon, you know, excuses that you just heard me say. So age doesn't really matter. It's your mindset. Actually, this is really interesting. A study that was put out by the AARP showed that 70% of 50 to 64-year-olds and 63% of people 65 and older reported being currently in love. And those over 65... 46% reported being passionately in love. How cool is that? So there you go. There are some statistics that back it up that it's never too late. And it can be fun. It can be rewarding. And here's the thing. It's, you know, you know more about yourself. You're a better fisherman. You, You know what you want. And you can also really detect other people that you're interested in that are good for you. And Yes, there are challenges, but let's talk about that. Let's talk about how to date successfully with confidence so that you get around some of those obstacles because you are dateable after 40. All right, number one, and this is super important. If you're going to write down anything, I want you to write at least this first tip. You need to change your perspective. And what I mean by that is that if you walk around with a certain pair of goggles or glasses where everything looks awful, that the men are awful, everyone's crazy, all I see are horrible relationships, then guess what? That is the world that you will live in. And you'll remain there for a very long time until you see it differently. I like to use the metaphor of the Wizard of Oz. Most of you have seen the movie, right? Like, Those of you who are looking at it in a negative way are seeing the movie when it first begins in black and white, and it's scary, and there's tornadoes all over the place, and you're living in fear, right? But if you put a different pair of glasses on and you see the world as the second part of the movie, full of color, full of of wonderment, and different things, then that is going to change your mindset. And guess what? You are going to create opportunities for yourself like never before and see things very, very differently. I see this happen all the time. Actually, I just coached a woman last week, in fact. And when she came in, she was saying, and she she knew this, that you know, she had a lot of fears. She had a lot of negative um, experiences in her life, both in her family and also in relationships. And when I saw her meet me for the first time, I saw a very almost sad girl on her face and very closed off in her body language. She was constantly looking down and she did not notice anything around her. And as I was working with her and I would check in with her, I would say, hey, did you just see that guy check you out? And she said, no. (laughs) 
And when she was walking, she would just like be racing, racing ahead of me. I said, where are you going? You're missing so much. So how many of you are racing through life with your head down in a very fast way? Because you are missing You're missing cues because when you slow down and you look at the world through those colored lenses, you also will like take in those opportunities. Um, There, there have been countless, countless examples where um, I have coached people and they come back to me and they say, gosh, you know, I I met this guy because for the first time I noticed that he was noticing me (laughs) and it was because they took in that energy. So this is crucial. You have to change your perspective in order to do anything, even after all these other tips that I'm going to give you. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, you have to create time and see this as important. You know, I invite you to do almost like a time tracker on yourself. There's actually apps for that where you can see what you're doing at different periods of your day, of your week, of your month. And because this is something I hear all the time, a lot of people come to me and say, well, I'm just too busy to date. And I say, okay, well, I get that. But let's figure out and see what you're doing and spending time on. And when we really break it down in a concrete way, I'd say 90% of the people are wasting time. And they're wasting time doing busy work or things that they feel safer doing rather than putting themselves out there. For instance, there was a a woman that I was working with and she's like, Kim, I really don't have time. I work all day. I come home. I'm exhausted. And I don't even have time to do online dating. And when we broke things down, do you know that she was spending an hour and a half each day on social media just kind of numbing out? And not in ways where that she could put herself out there to date, but she was doing it as a way of distraction. And that was kind of her downtime. I said, look, I don't want to take away social media from you like, you know, cold turkey, but let's do a social media fast for two weeks. And I encourage all of you to do this. It's so cleansing. (laughs) And see what you can replace that time with. Because that's an opportunity where you could actually go online and focus on this part of your life. You know, Prince Charming is not going to come knocking on your door. You have to create time and focus and energy for it. It's no different than exercise, right? Like a lot of times people say, oh, I don't have time to exercise. Well, you do. Everybody has time to do anything that you want. But if you don't put it as an important thing or an item on your list, then you'll avoid it. And we usually avoid things that are uncomfortable and, you know, have fears around that. You know, people who haven't exercised in a very long time. Yeah, it feels like so much work to get on that treadmill, to wake up a little bit more early so that you can fit it in. But if you think of it as important as sleep, as important as eating, then you'll do it. And especially if you have health problems. You know, a lot of times fire is lit under our butts because something negative will come, you know, from it. With dating, you know, it's almost the opposite. If you've had 
negative experiences around dating, you're going to avoid it, right? So you have to look at it first, change your perspective, and second, create room for it and, and use it that time wisely in ways that you're you're doing something positive, doing things that you love. So maybe if if you hate online, you had negative experiences around it, then get out of the house, go to the grocery store, start talking to people. You never know who you can meet. So see it as important. All right. Number three, be open and proactive. And what I mean by that, there's so many people, and I actually just talked to a client yesterday who is more reactive than proactive in her dating life. She said to me, well, you know, if a guy comes up to me or if a a friend sets me up, then I'll do it. I mean, I'll be open and, and I'll go out. But she wasn't doing anything to create that space, right? And let's face it, gone are the days where we are in college, we have that instant built-in infrastructure for our social life. We actually have to recreate it. And part of recreating that is being proactive. And so it's doing that with your body language. It's saying hi to people. It's noticing people around you. It's asking friends. It's letting people know at work that you're single and you're looking for, you know, a uh, your social life to kind of revamp itself. Here's here and here's a really fun thing to do that I've had a lot of success with with clients. Everybody knows somebody who is a social chairman. <laughs> and what I mean by that, you know those people who know everything that's going on in the community. They know all the parties. They know all the hip restaurants. Solicit that person to be your social chairman and put yourself out there and say, hey, look, I'm looking to rebuild my social life. I'm single now. I'm excited to get out there. Do you know any good places for singles? You know, don't assume that if people wanted to set you up, they would, or if they tell you about parties, they would. You have got to be proactive and tell them that that's what you're wanting to do. Nobody is a mind reader, especially in this day and age, people don't also want to assume things. And here's the other thing. Don't take things so seriously. You know, if something doesn't work, then okay, you learn something that day, do something different. You know, if you go to say a meetup group, which actually meetup.com is a great resource. But maybe you go to a group and it's not the people that you were hoping that were in it, or maybe there's not a lot. So try a different one or keep going. Don't give up and see if different people chime in each week. You can't just give things one shot and give up on it. You know, you just keep going and have that mindset. All right. So be open and proactive. That's number three. Number four create a social plan for yourself. This goes along with what I was just talking about, but really specifically, you know, when I work with people, I sit down and I map out a social and dating plan just as I would or anybody would for a business plan, right? Like you wouldn't go into a new business without having a plan, without putting meetings on the calendar, without putting goals in front of you, without doing a mission statement of what you're trying to accomplish. I encourage you to apply all those things that you're really good at in business to your dating life. Now, not the energy. I don't want you to go out there and date like a businesswoman, right? Because that <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. But I do want you to 
treat this as something that you can plan for and put things on the calendar so that you're excited about it and that you actually go and do it. I put this on um, one of my recent clients' uh, calendar. We, I had her write out all her hobbies, all her passions, and we did our social research. We looked at things in her neighborhood that was going on, one-off events that were in her areas of interest. Like she was into wine tasting and we found some wine tasting events. And then I encouraged her once a week to go out socially just to have organic interactions. So you have to mix it up with classes, events, uh, organic kind of situation so that you really are diversifying your dating portfolio. As I always talk about, that is going to increase your chances of meeting people. And finally, the fifth tip of the day is to, of course, dress the part. I'm sorry. I know I keep, you know, pounding this into y'all, but I truly believe that when you look alive, when you feel confident in your clothes, when you feel like that alpha masculine energy, if you're a guy, or the ultra feminism kind of look, if you're a woman, you will walk into the world differently. And you will feel sexy, and therefore other people will see you as sexy too. Remember, people love people who love themselves. So take this time to do a lot of self-care. And when you're reinventing yourself, this is a perfect opportunity to do a makeover. And if you don't know how to do it and you need a little help, of course, you have yours truly to help you get there. <laughs> but you could even do this with a girlfriend, you know, do some pampering days and get get girly and get your hair done and see the impact it has. Again, having a good hair day does make a difference when you're going out and about. I have a beautiful story to share. There was a woman who I worked with. She called me and she was 78 years old, 78. And she was almost embarrassed to tell me that she wanted to date again. Um, she actually was uh, in the Well, she had divorced two years prior, but she just, you know, she wasn't even in the place to get out there, which I actually recommend having that time to really spend on yourself. She she was in that perfect sweet spot after the two year mark to start looking at this thing again. And I said to her, you know, you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself to find the one again, but could you use this period of time as an opportunity to just have fun, be more social? And find yourself again. And she's like, yeah, and I guess that's why I'm calling. So she just did a a complete makeover. And we did um, the shopping in the morning. And then, yes, I took her to a nice restaurant to flirt. And lo and behold, we met this great gentleman. And they, they, I kid you not, they started dating shortly after that. Now, I don't know if it lasted after that, but that wasn't the point. It was the first time in a very long time, if ever, because she said, Kim, even before when I was younger, I would never do this. So again, it's never too late. You are dateable after 40 and it can be better than ever. All right. Now is the time for the portion where I read a letter from one of my audience. And this is it just was perfect for this topic. This is from Shirley, and she said, I divorced eight years ago, 
dated a narcissist for over four years and finally put my love for him aside two years ago and walked away for my own sanity. I dated another man for a month last year, but as soon as I saw the red flags, I walked. And after four years in my prior relationship, I promised myself I would never settle again or ignore warning signs. So here I am today at soon to be 51 years old and trying to find my way. Seems the few guys that I've talked to are admitted alcoholics, narcissists, or just players not wanting anything more than just a hookup. Not my thing. I'd rather be alone than put myself back in a position of getting hurt again. Dating at my age makes me cringe inside. Soured Shirley. Oh, Shirley. Uh, I okay. I feel your pain, and as I know others do, and I can almost see other people nodding as you're as I was reading this. You know, again, navigating these waters later in life can be tough, and it sounds like it's left you in a sense of despair and frustration. And right now, you're walking with those black and white kind of goggles on. It just looks dismal for you. But here's the thing. These players, these narcissists, these alcoholics, they're all going to continue to walk on this earth as long as we live. And in fact, they come in all ages. They come in all shapes. They come in all sizes. Here's the thing. They've been there all along from the beginning, from the dawn of time, but you just didn't see them this way before now. Because you were young, you didn't recognize the signs. Remember those glasses I spoke of in the beginning? You actually now have a different pair of glasses on and you're starting to see things clearer. It's kind of like buying a new car, right? Like, you, and I've said this before, you, you, when you're first, you know, getting out there trying to look for a new car, you do all this research. Well, Cars that you were interested in now that you're doing the research, they've been on the road all the time, but you didn't notice it before until you were in the market for buying a car. So now that you're looking, you're starting to see all those cars that you like and what you don't like. This is what's happening to you now. So congratulations that you saw the red flags on that man that you just recently encountered, right? Maybe back in your 20s when you were that younger fisherman, you would not have recognized those signs. So I'm giving you a huge hug and a clap for that. Um, but beyond that, here's the thing. We can't change these guys or anything else that you know roams around us. All we can do is change something in us so that we attract something different. And this is not to make you feel, you know, kind of depressed about it all. Actually, I want you to think of it as empowering. Gosh, if you knew that you could change your own outcome, how how cool is that, right? So, here's what I want you to do. There are great guys out there. You're just not seeing them yet. Now, you're seeing what you don't like clearer, which is fantastic, but you're just not finding the ones that you do like or that are good for you. So here's how you can find them. Number one, look at your piece. I'm sorry, but you are the common denominator. If you keep attracting this over and over and over again, then there's, there's something going on with you 
that keeps attracting that. So ask yourself, are you an over caretaker? Are you putting other needs before yours? Are, are you expressing your feelings? Are you being direct? Are you, are you creating a mission statement for yourself on what it is that you're trying to accomplish and what it is you want and demanding that so that you're not keep getting the crumbs and that you're getting the cake? Does that make sense? So look at your piece. Number two, where are you meeting these guys? And if you keep meeting them online, then don't do online anymore. You need to change it up, shake up the snowball, do something different. You know, um, if you're looking for a particular kind of guy, think about where those guys are and start surrounding yourself with those positive people, with maybe upper class people, you know, whatever it is that you're looking for surround yourself with it. Because when you surround yourself and put yourself in that kind of environment, you, of course, you're going to like, statistically, you're going to start meeting those kind of people. Right. Number three, love who you are. Love who you are and embrace all your sexy strengths. Look in the mirror and what do you see? I'm just wondering and questioning how you see yourself. Because if you allow those other kind of guys to be in your life, that also says something about how you feel about yourself. So so really love yourself first is what I'm saying and see all that you are. Because the good guys love women who love themselves. They want that. So own it. All right. Overall, Shirley, I want you to reclaim your sense of worth and value and never take those crumbs, only the cake. And that goes for all of you as well. So hopefully you are all getting that you are dateable after 40. And it, yes, it can be better than ever and to get excited about it. And I would love to hear some success stories after this. So anyway, thanks for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient, and I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. Remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And if anyone is looking for a, you know, kind of a, a community of other women that are sharing these kind of frustrations, especially dating after 40, make sure that you check out my brand new love makeover insiders group. It's a private group. So you can click on the link that I have there and join the group so that you get more support around all of this stuff. And stay tuned until next week with more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every week.